Well, congrats, grads. You did good. You made it. Yay. Give me another hand. We're excited to celebrate with you guys today. It's funny because, um, you know, I don't know how many of you know this, but we, we plan sermons and stuff out in advance and are looking. And then we began to look at this day in particular, finding out when the graduates and the families would be there. And uh, we started looking and saying, okay, well, what do we need to do that day? And do I need to push sermon series around or back up? And then it was funny because we looked and said, well, no, we're actually starting a sermon series today on the book of Proverbs. She couldn't get any better for a graduation Sunday to say, hey, here's some words of wisdom as you get ready to take this next step in life. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up to the book of Proverbs. And uh, this summer, we're going to be working through uh, the first part of the book of Proverbs in a sermon series called Solomon Says. Uh, how many of you remember this game growing up? And this is the small version of it, the little Simon game. Anybody have one of those? I got the big version of that. It's a pretty simple game if you've never seen it. it, it when you hit start, it'll tell you which button to push, and then you just follow that. So I... How long would y'all like to watch me do this up here this morning? If you do the wrong one, oh, game's over. Like that. And it was so funny because um, as we were getting ready for this, we were thinking, you know, the simplicity of following God. Don't, don't we wish it was this easy, that we woke up every morning and laying by our bed was instructions for the day from the Lord. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And all you had to do was just, okay, I'm going to follow this instruction and I'm going to follow that instruction. And then, you know, if you got wrong, it was like, you got a little buzz going, oh, I'm going to get back on, on track. And one of my favorite things about these games is the reset button. You just turn it off, turn it back on, start it all over again. And don't you wish life was that easy, that we just had instructions that were set out so easily that all we had to do was follow. Now I'm going to take a little time out here for you and let you know a little fun thing we're doing this summer as well. We're going to have, starting next week, uh, this Simon and another little Simon in there. And for the kids, for adults, for our senior adults, for students, we're going to have four different categories in there. And over the summer, whoever gets the longest streak, they're going to win a gift card at the end of the summer. So you can go in there and you can try some things out. We'll have a beat the pastor board up there. So if you beat the pastor, then I will uh, do my best to try to cheat. I mean, uh, to try to figure out. <laughs> just kidding. We're going to have some fun with that this summer. But th just kind of keep this in mind. This is what we really wish it was this simple. That, man, God just told us, hey, we're going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do that. And for, for reality, it is. We have God's word to guide us. We have people who've gone before us that want to speak into our lives. We have the wisdom from, from history and knowledge, but yet for some reason, as we all try to find our own path in life, uh, there's steps along the way that we sometimes get wrong, and it's God's grace that brings us back in. And what we want to do, though, is learn to put ourselves in such a position that we continue to follow God on a daily basis in a way that brings him glory. And then by giving him glory and honor, then our life receives good for that as well. So starting right here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 1, I'm going to point this out. It starts off by saying, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. Now, I know you, you may not be familiar with Solomon. You may be going, okay, well, who's this Solomon guy and why should I listen to what he has to say? A couple of things you need to know about this. He was the son of David, king of Israel. David 
goes down in history as being the greatest king in Israel's history. And so how would you like to follow that? You're, uh, you're the person that gets to follow the greatest one that ever came to be. And so Solomon, how we know he got his wisdom was that Solomon, as he was getting ready to take the kingdom and to lead early on in his reign, the Lord came to him in a vision, in a dream, and came to Solomon and said, anything you want to ask for, you can ask me, Solomon, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom. And so in that moment, in asking the Lord for wisdom, the Lord spoke to Solomon and said, because you asked me for wisdom, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you riches, I'm going to give you peace during your reign. And so Solomon, says in Scripture, was the wisest man who ever lived. The wisest man who ever lived. Now, I've known some pretty wise people in my life. And so it's amazing to think, and I'm, I'm a person that is, I, I take word for what it says. And so I absolutely believe that God gifted Solomon in having the gift of having more wisdom than anybody that's ever been on this planet. And so knowing that, I think this is a person that we might want to listen to what he has to say. So it says in verse 2, the reason he's giving us these Proverbs is for learning wisdom and, what's that next word? Discipline. For learning wisdom and discipline. And I'm going to pause here again for just a second. And I'm looking at my graduates here for just a minute. Good night. How many people have told you words of advice over the last few weeks, right? I mean, it's like, okay, enough, enough with this already. But here's the truth about words of advice. They're no good unless you act on them. And... Some people miss this when we talk about Solomon being the wisest man ever. And some people miss this when we look at the book of Proverbs and we say, well, the Proverbs are there so that we can gain wisdom. The key is right here in verse 2. He gave them for learning wisdom and discipline. Because if you have someone who has wisdom but has no discipline, then their wisdom is kind of worthless. It's kind of like saying, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not going to do it. And therefore, it brings no results. And so you have all this knowledge of things, but then you don't actually do those things. It's kind of worthless. But the opposite is true as well. You can have incredibly disciplined people who have no wisdom. And they can incredibly and disciplined in the discipline in their life, they can practice the same things over and over and over again in a very disciplined way. And I guess one of the coaches that told me a long time ago, it's true, if you practice the wrong thing over and over and over, all you do is learn to do the wrong thing really well. You know, and so it's really truth here is that Solomon gives us these words of advice for wisdom and discipline. And it's only in the combination of those things that God's word begins to come to light in your life. You can know everything that you could possibly know about this book. And if you never put it into practice, it's worthless. And so it's wisdom and discipline together. So that's what he's talking about. He goes on to say, I give you these things for wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man. Now, okay, we all stop there and we think, okay, Solomon's talking about I'm kind of getting old in my life and I need to write some things down so all these young people can figure life out, right? But then he goes on and he says... Let a wise person listen and increase learning. And let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. You're never too old to learn. 
And you're never too old to learn from anybody. You're never too old to learn. And so what Solomon is saying is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the things down that God has given me, that I've observed in life, that I've learned in life. And what he's saying is I want the young people to listen to this and learn to be wise beyond their years. You ever heard anybody say that phrase? That person's wise beyond their years. You know what, 100 times out of 100 times, that means that somebody listened to advice and put it into practice and therefore became wise beyond their years. And so they learned how to do some things that maybe life experience hadn't taught them yet but the wisdom of someone else helped him with that. But then he goes on to say, and Solomon's saying, but the wise people who already think that they know some good things can add to their learning. We can all learn from one another. And then he gives us the most significant verse here at the beginning of Proverbs, and that's verse 7 when he says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So what's he saying? Solomon's saying, I'm giving you these words for the purpose of wisdom and discipline. You can hear what I'm saying, you can discipline and train yourself to put them into practice. But the foolish people are gonna be the ones who don't put the word that is the foundation for all of this. So basically what Solomon is saying right up front is I'm going to give you my wisdom, but my wisdom is only worthwhile if you put it into practice and it truly comes from a knowledge of the Lord. So if you don't have a knowledge of the word, say it then you're going to hear the words that I'm saying and go, well, that's just dumb. And that's what he's saying. So you need to understand all of this context of everything that's about to be said in this book. I'm also going to give you another little secret about the book of Proverbs. First of all, I would encourage you, over the summer, read it a few times. If you're following our read the Bible through in a year plan, I'm going to give you a secret. Proverbs in a day. Uh, which is a little bit foolish on our part. But hey, we give you, we give you makeup days on the weekend. But if you're trying to read through the whole book, I would read through it a few times. And here's a, here's a little hint about it. The first nine chapters of Proverbs are the introduction. <laughs> it's a long introduction. And what it says over and over and over in the introduction of Proverbs, here's the spoiler alert, seek wisdom, run from foolishness. That's it. Seek wisdom, run from foolishness, and he goes through it over and over and over again. Then when you start in chapter 10 and you move forward, it's like bumper sticker after bumper sticker, baby. It's just there. You can take it a phrase at a time and put it on your wall and say, I need that to sink into my head. You may read an entire chapter and it may seem like it's all over the place, but it's Solomon just one after another with just words and words of wisdom over and over. But the first nine chapters are leading you up to understanding that what I'm about to tell you, you need to understand to pursue wisdom with everything that you have. Because here's the truth. We all need more wisdom. There's not a single person in this place that doesn't need more wisdom. And graduates, I'll just tell you this again. Many of the people who love you enough to speak into your life are just begging you to make different mistakes than they did. That's it. They're just saying, let me tell you with all the wisdom that I've learned in my life, do this, don't do this. Because what they want to tell you is just at least make some new mistakes. So that when the next generation comes along, you can look at them and go, okay, don't do that and don't do this. Because we're going to learn along the way. And, and the truth is we're going to make mistakes. Another little something about Solomon um, that you need to understand. He was the wisest person that ever lived, but also later on in his life, he didn't follow the things that he said you needed to follow. And therefore, he went through some rough times and went away from the Lord. And 
One of the things you'll understand as you look through the book of Solomon, the things that led him astray. Led him astray. Over for the ladies, we'll just say it that way. And it led him astray over time. And so not only is Solomon's wisdom coming from the Lord who gave him a supernatural gift of wisdom, but some of Solomon's wisdom is also from the life experience that he's had of not following what God told him to do and the results of that as well. Now I'm telling you, those are some things that you can learn from. But what we see right up front is that this is for everybody. doesn't matter where you are in life. Everybody can learn. We all need more wisdom. So what is Solomon saying right up here at the front about what wisdom will gain me in life? Why is wisdom beneficial? We need to understand this. First thing is that wisdom, the first thing he says, wisdom gives me receptivity to correction. Oh, he says right up here, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction. Everybody just take a deep breath and repeat after me. I was wrong. You can say it. It's okay. You see, the first thing that he says is you need to learn that wisdom, when you're on a pursuit for wisdom, you're going to be a person, first of all, as you receive God's wisdom into your life, as you say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That means that you have put the Lord in the proper place in your life, which is first at the top, in the lead, everything. And then when you have the right awe and reverence and fear of the Lord in your life and you're pursuing knowledge, then one of the things that's going to happen in your heart is you're going to become receptive to correction. A wise person is someone who receives wisdom from others who continues to learn no matter where they are in life, no matter what their position is in life, no matter what they've done in life, they're going to go, hey, I can learn along the way. And so there's a receptivity to correction that comes in wisdom. Now, let me just tell you, I know we don't have a problem with this. Everybody in here loves when other people tell them what they've done wrong or how they can do things different. So I know this is an easy point for us this morning, right? Uh-huh. But here's what you need to hear. The wisdom of God that comes into your life, when truth comes into your life, we need to realize we live in a broken world. And in a broken world at times, the delivery method of wisdom is not always in a way that we want to receive it. So sometimes the problem with receiving wisdom into our life is our own from which it was delivered as well. Because we live in a broken world at times and sometimes we don't like that. But here's what you need to understand. All truth is God's truth. And a person who is pursuing wisdom because of the fear of the Lord has learned to listen even to those people who they might not agree with or like and find God's truth in it and put it in their heart and learn and become wiser from that. Look at what Scripture says about Psalm 51. Psalm 51, 6 and 7. David, Solomon's dad, wrote this one. He said, surely you desire integrity in the inner self. And look at these words. And you teach me wisdom from deep within. 
Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Now a little story behind Psalm 51. David penned Psalm 51 after one of the most tragic mistakes he had ever made in his life. And he was seeking forgiveness from the Lord. And he had had another person come to him and call out the things that he had done in his life. Not a fun place to be. But look at the words that he said. Surely you desire, Lord, integrity in the inner self. And you teach me wisdom from deep within. Let me ask you if you've ever had this thing happen. Have you ever been in a situation and you know that there's some struggle inside your heart that's going on and someone comes to you and offers a word of correction and you may not have wanted to hear that word of correction, you may not want to receive that word of correction and outwardly you're bristling up and you're having trouble with that but there's something deep within your heart that triggers something and just whispers, You ever had that? That something just triggers inside you and says, you know they're right. The Lord, as you pursue him, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, will teach you wisdom any and every way that he can. And a person who is wise will seek to understand it and receive it no matter where it comes from, and they'll be better because of it. And that's the type of heart and the attitude that we need to understand that when I'm a wise person, your life not believing you know it all, but coming to the place where you go, hey, there's a lot of things that I need to learn. And can I just tell you something? As a 48-year-old male, there's a lot of things that I think I'm supposed to know along the way. And then people ask me questions, and I'm like, yeah, I'll find out. And I'm looking up Google on my phone on the way, you know, going. And, and it would just be a lot easier in life if I would come to the place where I would just go, I, I don't know. Can you teach me that? Can you show me that? Can you lead me in that? Or, hey, did you realize that you were trying to do that wrong? Nope, didn't realize. I was just trying to figure it out on my own. And then maybe somebody comes along and says, there's a better way, there's an easier way, there's something that you can do if you'll be receptive to correction. Wisdom not only will give you receptivity to correction, but it also, Scripture tells us, it will give you the ability to understand. The ability to see and to understand. Because let's be honest, all of us are walking around this world trying to figure it out, right? We're trying to figure out our marriages. We're trying to figure out our relationships. We're trying to figure out our jobs. We're trying to figure out what's next in life. We're trying to figure out how to raise kids. We're trying to figure out how to make money. We're trying to figure out how to retire. We're trying to figure out all these type of things. And, and there's oftentimes that when life begins to happen and we interpret it and we see it all around, we go, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, let's be honest. All of us have uttered that phrase at some point in our life. I don't understand what is happening right now. And what Solomon tells us right here is that if you will fear the Lord and put him in his proper place, and if you will seek wisdom, then you will gain the ability to be able to understand and perceive and see things in this world that you will not be able to do on your own, void of a relationship with God. Only in walking with God and pursuing wisdom from him will you be able to understand and see how God is at work in this world today. And without him, you'll never see it. The psalmist writes these words, Psalm 92, 5 and 6. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Verse 6, 
A stupid person does not know. A fool does not understand this. Now, here's my disclaimer, children. You still can't say that word at home if mom and dad said you can't say it, even though it's in the Bible. I just want you to know that. But it tells us that God's works are magnificent. His thoughts are profound. But the foolish or the stupid, they just don't know. Why don't they know? Because they're not pursuing God. They're not trying to see things his way. They're trying to figure out this world on their own, in their own power, from their perspective. And so what they've done is they've put themselves at the center of the universe and they see everything this way, as opposed to putting God at the center of the universe and seeing things through the lens that he has given us as being Lord of all. And anytime you're trying to figure this life out with you at the center of it, you fall grossly short from being able to see things from God's perspective. And so wisdom gives us the ability to understand things that you could not understand without God being in your heart and in your life, period. And so I'll just say this, as you're trying to figure out life, put God at the center of it. Begin to see things through the lens of his word, through those who have gone before, through the things that he teaches us and guides us, and things begin to come in perspective in a way like they never have before in your life if you're just trying to figure it out on your own. Why is it that in the heart of each one of us, there's that little three-year-old toddler that says, I want to do this by myself. Did you have one of those at your house? growing up and they reach that point where I'm just going to do this by myself. Well, you can't reach it. I'm going to do it by myself. And then they just make this mess and utterly destroy everything. You go, well, there. Did you have fun doing that by yourself now that I have to come and clean all this up after you? And you see, and, and there's that, that toddler lives inside of every one of us that we just want to do these things by ourselves. Let me explain how this works. One of the most dangerous things that we can ever do is tell God that I'm just going to do this one on my own. Because what happens is God says, go ahead. And so here's what happens. We, instead of pursuing things God's way, instead of living under his law, instead of putting him in the proper place in the fear of the Lord, we say, ooh, ooh, God, I've got this one figured out. And so what we do, now check this out. We remove ourselves from God's presence. And we say, I'm going to do this by myself. And when you're by yourself... Here's the things that you got to understand whether you are just now going out on your own to college or whether you're a growing adult or whether you're older in life. When you're on your own, you're on your own. On your own doesn't mean I'm going to do this by myself until I need your help and so can you come over and help and do me help do the things that I want to see done. No. See, God says I know the way that you're going to do this, but if you want to do it your own way, then do it your own way on your own. And what happens in life is a lot of people think that God's out there waiting to punish us or to convict us or to just squash us when we, when we sin and we stray away from him. But the truth is, is that God wants us to have life in all its fullness. And so he wants us to pursue him. And as we pursue him and we live under his word, following his way, then we are clearly in the place where we're receiving his blessing and we're under his protection. And when we say, ooh, I want to do this on my own, then we remove ourselves from his protection and from his blessing, and we get on our own. And we are on our own. Now, sometimes it's a pursuit of things that are sinful. And you'll see a phrase all throughout Scripture where it says, they pursued this sin and they gained their just reward. 
or they got what they were wanting. And what that ultimately means is that, well, when we pursue sinfulness, then we get it and there's your reward. That's it. That's all it's ever going to be is whatever feeling you were pursuing, whatever thought you ever, whatever thing you thought that was going to bring, that's it. It leads to nothing else. As a matter of fact, what the word teaches us is that sinfulness and that pursuit will lead us ultimately to death because we've removed ourselves away from God and his plan and his ways and his protection and his glory and we're living on our own. And here's the truth. It may work for a little bit. He gives us, but eventually it's going to fail. But when we pursue God's understanding, he gives us the ability to understand and walk through this world in a different way. Let me, let me say this in a different way. Another thing that happens is not only do we have the ability to understand, but I want to be more specific even for our culture. As we pursue the wisdom of God, we gain clarity about right and wrong. We gain clarity about what is right and what is wrong. You see, we do live in a world today where people like to convince you or they like to talk to you about the fact, well, that's good for you, but that doesn't work for me. Well, and that works for me, but, you know, you, you may not have to do that. Can I just say, I say it every time I talk about this subject, we don't even have to put God in the equation to talk about the foolishness of that logic. Put five people in a room and tell them they can do whatever they want and nothing's right and nothing's wrong and eventually you're going to have conflict. It's not going to work. Because somebody's going to say, well, I think it's right to do it this way. And the first person is going to go, well, I don't, I don't feel that way. So because I don't feel that way, that must not be right. And I need to pursue my feelings. And so because my feelings are the most important thing in this whole world. And so I, I want to protect those. And so I'm just going to go over here and follow my feelings, which is going to lead you down the path of foolishness. There is a right and there is a wrong. And clearer that there is a right and that there is a wrong. Now I want to give another disclaimer on this. God's not just waiting to punish you if you get it wrong. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 18. These are the words of the Lord. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that you may prosper and so that you may enter and possess the good land your Lord, the Lord your God swore to give your fathers. You realize it is the heart of God for you to pursue and follow him so that you may prosper. Not do what I say or I'm going to come get you. God's saying, follow me so that you may prosper. And so the wise man has learned that there is right and there is wrong, and I can understand that there's a path to life, and that when I follow the Lord, then I receive his blessing, and when I'm following him, he is leading me to prosperity. Now, that's not saying that everything that you touch is going to turn to gold, and you're going to have, you know, all the riches in the world. It's saying that you are going to be able to prosper and live in this land because you're under the guidance and the hand of God, and he is going to provide for you everything that you need, everything that you Need. Say it with me. Everything that I need. Okay. We don't just pray. God. It is God. I know. I'm, I'm letting this happen today. You know, it is God. I know. I'm, I'm working on it. If I could get it, we'll have that service later. But do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that you may prosper, so that you can navigate this world, so you can understand, so that you can live a fulfilled life, so that you don't have to walk in this world that's broken through disappointment and hurt and fear on your own, but that you can live under the protection, the guidance, and the blessing 
of the Lord, and he will lead you to the fullness of life that only comes in knowing and pursuing him because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's what Solomon says right up first. Now, I know some people would think, okay, well, but not everything that I run into in life is just going to be clearly laid out there in black and white in God's word. You know, sometimes I don't know how to navigate this relationship or I don't know what to take the next step in my marriage or I don't know, you know, how to do this. I, man, the book didn't come with the kid when, it, you know, when they were born or how do I navigate this situation? And so what do we do when we're trying the best that we know how to follow God's word but yet we run into situations in life or perhaps we're just, well, Solomon also says that when we are pers- to know where it is or what to do. How do we navigate that? Well, Solomon also says that when we are pursuing the wisdom of God, that he will also give us the skill to discern. It says in chapter 4, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to the young man. It gives us the ability and the skill to be able to look at a situation and say, God, I want to honor you in this situation and I can discern what I need to do because I am pursuing you, not just myself. So when we pursue wisdom, we get the skill to be able to discern new seasons in life, what we do with them, how we navigate those things. The psalmist writes this, Psalm 111, chapter 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who follow his instructions have good insight. They have good insight. His praise endures forever. That means the person who is passionately pursuing God, who is putting God first in their life as they're navigating this life, they have a skill and an ability to look at things in life and gain insight. Hear me on this. That only comes from walking with the Lord. God will continue to pour into your life the things that you need as you pursue him. That's what Solomon is saying. Solomon's saying, I'm going to write this whole book. I'm going to write a lot of things down that I have studied and that I have observed and that I have seen. But ultimately, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And if you read this book and you look at these things and you listen to my words, but you don't have a love and a desire to follow the Lord first in your life, then these things really aren't going to help you. He also says that it's not just about gaining wisdom, it's about gaining wisdom and discipline. And I'm going to give you this one for free because it wasn't in my notes, but we talked about it in Bible study. Does everybody realize that discipline could also be called self-control, right? You realize that self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit? We all think self-control is something that we just got to do better at, right? Self-control equals I got to do better. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit of God because God knows that you have no self-control. And the only way you gain self-control is to give yourself to the Lord. And then by pursuing the Lord, he blesses you with self-control. It is a fruit of the Spirit that only comes into your life as you're pursuing the Lord. Think about that. So Solomon wants us to know these words so we can have wisdom and discipline. He says, fear the Lord's the beginning of knowledge. And so the only way that we do these things is that we give all of ourselves to God and then he gives us everything that we need. Wisdom, discipline, discernment, 
everything to navigate this life. So if I were to update it since Solomon walked on this earth before the Lord Jesus walked on this earth, this would be the phrase that I would say as we close it up today. I would just sum up everything that I've said this morning like this. To find wisdom, I must first find Jesus, period. If I'm going to find wisdom in life, if I'm going to know how to navigate life, if I'm going to know how to do what's next or navigate my family or work my job well or love on my children or do whatever it is that God has for me in this life, I'm not going to do it unless I know Jesus. So to find wisdom, I must first find Jesus. So have you found Jesus? Do you know Jesus Christ today?